How's it going, everyone? It's Arena Alums coming back at you first time in a while. Uh, As always, this is Daniel Massa, joined by Bobby Jagelski and Thomas Vonderhaar. Uh, Thank God it's March, first of all. Just want to get that out there. Weather's turning, at least here in Indy. I don't know about you guys. Um, I think it it reached 60 today, which felt great. All the snow's melted. Um, And... You know, as soon as I turned the page from February to March, that's just kind of what I'm trying to do for this for this UD basketball season uh, as we get in the A-10 tournament. Just hoping to find ourselves with a clean slate and see what we can do in March. I know we've UD's always struggled a little bit in the A-10 tournament, um, but if any season's going to flip everything on its head, then it, it's going to be this one. So let's see if... See if the Flyers can make some noise. Um, for, first of all, how you guys doing? How you guys been? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Obviously had some snow and the weather, like you said, has turned. So actually uh, was able to grill out tonight some burgers, which was kind of cool, kind of fun. Felt like summer. So uh, some spring training is on TV too, yeah. some baseball. So definitely looking forward to, to that. Um, good times ahead. And hopefully uh, – better times ahead for the Flyers here. Yep, same boat for me. Just glad the weather turned um, and just keeping busy trying to see what I can do when we're not recording this great podcast we got going. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. So, yeah, it's definitely been a while uh, since we were able to connect. Uh, Just for me personally, the month of February just kind of got away from me, so – I regret that. I miss talking to you guys, but excited to pick it back up. And and again, hoping we get at least one more of these, uh, which would mean that UD's strung together a few wins to get back to UD Arena. That's definitely one thing we're going to talk about. Um, since we last talked, the A-10 tournament kind of changed things up. Uh, but we'll get to that a little later. So just to set the table a little bit for... The A-10 tournament, again, we are, we're recording this on Wednesday night, March 3rd. So most likely you, you listeners will be hearing this um, during the day on Thursday. UD plays at 3.30 on Thursday against Rhode Island. Uh, the Flyers come in 13-8. and eight. They finish the regular season in conference 9-6. and six. Um, And I know in our last podcast, kind of the theme was whether UD could really get on a run and turn things around after a pretty up and down start to the season and first half of the conference season. Um, but unfortunately it was kind of more of the same throughout February had some really good wins, um, including over St. Louis to sweep, sweep them on the year, but had some and looked and looked absolutely. really good against those guys. Not to right. interject, but man, I mean, both games against St. Louis played just great. Exactly, and just one one of the things that is most frustrating about this team is they can have those kind of performances, but then at the same time they can give up ninety seven points to St. Joseph's and lose to. I mean, I think what most people would agree was at the very least the, or I guess at the very best the second worst team in the conference. Uh, ahead of Fordham, uh, even though St. Joe did beat LaSalle today in the A-10 tournament to keep their season alive. But just another one of those games where for the Staten program, you just you can't be losing 
Um, and especially when you've already had losses to Fordham and some other kind of lower level pro- programs to really hurt your stock. It's just not something you need in February. Um, so I guess I'll start off guys as we head into tomorrow, um, against Rhode Island. What did you guys see, you know, throughout February kind of as positives, uh, either individually or from the team? Yeah, I can kind of start there. Um, you know, I think a couple things just before we kind of get into the A-10 tournament here. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is just playing to our level of competition. And I feel like that was just a big thing this year, clearly. Um, you know, obviously took some took some L's against the bottom feeders of the A-10. And, uh, and then at the same time, you know, the same token, we were competing with the, the elite of the A-10 this year. And, and that's why you find us right smack dab right in the middle at, uh, I think, what, we finished seventh in the A-10 this year. So uh, that's clearly a big theme there. I think we are always, you know, going back to our previous podcast, hoping that, oh, here's a stretch where we're starting to make our way up. You know, we're on the up and up. We're, we're starting to look better. And then, you know, a game or two later, you know, you watch, you know, us losing triple overtime to Rhode Island, um, who we got tomorrow, um, coincidentally. And then, you know, like you said, Danny, uh, 97 points we give up to St. Joe's. And, uh, you know, just a clear uh, theme there. Um, with that said, maybe more on a positive note, um, the guy that, you know, we've kind of touched on, you know, throughout the time here. Um, and, you know, has had good games, has had bad games. We've been looking for some consistency and, uh, you know, have finally gotten some more consistency from him is uh, Zimmy. Zimmy, who is uh, Bobby's X Factor from episode one, which he shot down just a little later, only to come back and say, you know what? The guy's starting to put together a little bit. Um, here and there, but I'll tell you what, he's really heated up and he had that 29 point game in performance against Rhode Island when we really needed it. And, uh, you know, if you were watching that game, he's, he's pretty much the reason we were in it. Um, you know, just having that additional guy that they really weren't accounting for too much. And he was knocking the three down. He was getting hustle plays done and he was finishing at the rim. Um, even had an and one, I believe that game down the stretch, which was, which was huge. So those are kind of the themes that, that kind of stuck out to me as we kind of, uh, you know, we're watching February games here and, uh, you know, again, kind of a similar trend that we were seeing as we worked our way through our first few podcasts. Not a ton changed, to be honest with you. And uh, hopefully um, we find that tomorrow the uh, the good Dayton team shows up and can string together three in a row and uh, and put together a good game plan for whoever we meet from the top half of the bracket, likely a St. Louis or a Bonaventure. And, uh, you know, we will – we will see. We will find out here in the coming days. Yeah, I think uh, Thomas hit the nail on the head there with the inconsistencies. I mean, if you look at this team's resume, um, they have four quadrant one Q1 wins, um, according to the net. Uh, but then they have three quadrant four, so the bottom rung losses against teams. So just playing to the level of their competition really 
really the manifestation of that this season. Um, but like Thomas said, I think, you know, I, I like to be optimistic that heading into the tournament here, um, you know, we, we had the back-to-back losses against VCU and the double overtime loss to Rhode Island, but we rebounded well against uh, St. Louis and just to turn around and lay an egg against St. Joe's. Um, but then we did bounce back here against St. Bonaventure, the number one team um, in the conference. So you can say what you want about them, you know, never finishing the season well. It always seems like St. Bonaventure starts really well and then kind of piddles out. But they, they are the number one seed, and we went in there and we beat them on their home court. So that was uh, that was a good way to end the season. I think it's a good momentum builder. I think uh, Thomas mentioned my X Factor. I called it episode one. You know, I should never have doubted myself. I think there was an episode I questioned him being my X factor, but um, he's Zimmy's looked really well. And I think looking at these last couple games, RJ uh, Blankney has looked well. Um, Kobe Bria in a small role um, has looked um, to be able to hold his own. And I think that those are key things coming into the t- uh, conference play here. Having is it four games for us? We're going to have to win three this week and then hopefully we see a fourth, but yep, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, you know, having those guys that they can even play, you know, a couple minutes, um, RJ Blankney, the last two games had 28 minutes and then 27 minutes. Um, and he started against St. Bonaventure. So it's good to see that. It's good to know that we can rotate him in. Um, Amzil has kind of had an up and down, but he looks like he's on an upward trajectory here. Um, back on an upward trajectory. Um, I sh- shouldn't say that because he just won A-10 Rookie of the Year, correct? Yeah, I believe so. so. I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm optimistic then moving in uh, to the position here. I think the scary part is is if, if we can get past Rhode Island, I really like our chances. As silly as that might sound with uh, VCU, I believe, being the next game. Um, yep. I like our chances, but we do have to get by Rhode Island who were one and one against this year. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do coming out of that game. And if, and I, and it, there might be a correction there, Bobby, I don't know that he won or he's been um, given the title rookie of the year. I'm sure it's probably coming because um, I don't know of many other freshmen, but I mean, um, whether, you know, he, he has been titled that or not. I mean, he's had a number of weeks where he's been the, the freshman, you know, right. rookie of the week in the A-10, which, you know, just speaks for itself, just like you were saying. Yeah, that did catch me by, catch me by surprise a little bit, though, that he was taken out of the of the starting lineup just in the last game of the of the regular season. Um, at first, when I, when I first saw that, uh, I was thinking maybe he might have gotten hurt and, and wasn't going to play at all, but he came off the bench, and I, I think I saw still scored nine points, so another solid outing. Um, but, you know, I guess I mean, who, know, who knows where that came from with Grant. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he was seeing things in practice, or maybe it was a matchup thing. Can't can't really question it because they they pulled out a win. Um, but I guess this late in the year, in a normal year, again, you probably wouldn't see that many lineup changes uh, in your last game. But whatever works, and you know. And, you know, part of that, Danny, could just be them trying to figure out a formula going into the tournament, like, right. you know, trying to find a flow, trying to see if maybe something clicks, because let's let's face it, when you get down to this time of year, sometimes it's just who's hot, you know, mm-hmm. and you see that in a lot of the smaller conference tournaments like the Horizon League and Conference USA and, you know, you name them, they're 
you name any of them. I mean, it's sometimes you see a team is like 500 and they, and they get in the tournament and uh, it's just cause they're hot. So um, you're seeing it with NKU actually uh, shout out to one of my buddies who went there. Um, they just, they just went on a buzzer beater the other night against, I think, Wisconsin, oh no, Detroit Mercy is who it was. And, uh, you know, and then you look at Wright State, who I think was number one in the conference, and they lost to uh, Wisconsin Milwaukee, who was like 500. So, you know, it's just sometimes a matter of who's getting hot. And maybe it's just Grant playing and tinkering with the lineups to say, you know, can this lineup get hot or get in a flow together offensively? Yeah. Technically, your Wright State Raiders were second seed. In that conference, Tom. Uh, okay. As a Raider, I thought you would know that. Your right state Raider. That is great. Uh, you guys love to bust me for the Raider thing. Oh, yeah. For those who don't know, attended did my master's degree there, so now I'm I'm a flyer, but a turned Raider apparently. <laughs> Wait, that's a different podcast. You can get on that podcast with your other friends and you know talk about the Horizon League and all that. Oh, but, uh, man. yeah, my old stomping grounds too from being a Butler fan. Yeah, uh, but going back to Amsdale, I I honestly kind of just took that as he Grant trying to rest him up. I mean, he played 18 minutes against St. Bonaventure, but if you look at the rest of the minutes he's played as a freshman, I mean, 24 to St. Uh, St. Joe's, 28 St. Louis, 42 Rhode Island. Uh, you know, he's played a lot of minutes for a freshman. So uh, I I kind of looked at it as a you know grant probably trying to keep his legs fresh you know a, a freshman that's really played a key role for us since showing up on campus um uh, we'll see though you know if he doesn't start against rhode island then you know maybe maybe he is just maybe there's mo- something more to kind of like you're saying try to keep that hot hand um but we'll see i don't um uh, i think i think it was interesting but in something that in my mind it might have been to keep him fresher so we'll see yeah and that's a good thought too there because i mean you think about it i mean you were naming fresh when we talk about zimmy and what you know and, and uh kobe bria kind of getting a role here late and you know just some of these freshmen and i don't to be honest with you sometimes i don't even think of him as a freshman because from day one he's come in he's had a pretty big impact you know he burst on the scene he had a number of games and double figures right off the bat and really was contributing there as kind of our third guy with Crutcher and Watson. And you're th- you just don't even think of him as a freshman sometimes. And of course he had some games where, you know, it's freshman moments and turnovers and maybe some weaker games, but I mean, all in all, the dude's been relatively consistent. I mean, all you can ask for from a freshman and uh, you know uh, we'll see, we're going to need him. Uh, he's definitely a guy that, you know, needs to you know step up in this tournament if we're going to make a run. Yep, absolutely. Need all hands on deck. So, yeah, you guys definitely might be onto something that, um, you know, this could have been something from Grant to get some of those other freshmen more time to get them ready for this grind that they're going to have to go through if if they've got any hope of, of playing further on into March. Um, Speaking of all hands on deck, Danny, um, Rodney Chapman coming back from his hand injury. Hey. Um, what's the name? That I want to mention. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's huge to have that other guard. A um, little sporadic in his four games back, but um, I, I agree. I think I think he's going to be a great, uh, a very key player for us. And I think he's a valuable his, – his value to this team is beyond just what he can do because that allows us to move Elijah Weaver to the second unit and allows us, you know, a guy that can control the ball and do his thing, have more rest for chat uh, – Crutcher, excuse me, where he's not having to play 40 minutes game. Um, I think he's a huge addition, and I really, I'm really interested to see what he's able to do um, come the tournament time. 
Gosh, Bobby, you are you are so spot on with that. That is that is such a good point. Seriously, because I didn't really realize it, to be honest with you. I loved Chapman and I thought, you know, he did a really nice job kind of in some of those games like against Ole Miss where he was scrappy, got some turnovers, kind of, you know, defensively turned the game around, even even offensively added, you know, I think he had a twenty point game against like Ole Miss that I that I'm thinking of right now, where it was just like, man, like he's really carrying us right now. And uh you know, he's just a guy, you know, he's a senior, senior leader and, uh, you know, obviously a defensive stopper, you know, kind of our Kyle Davis-esque player, you know, who can contribute a little bit on the offensive end. I just, you, you just like his aggressiveness. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, in games that we didn't have him where, you know, we were working in Weaver and it's nothing against Weaver. I think he stepped in and did a good job, but you're right. It pushes him to the second unit, but sometimes with Weaver, you know, we just lack that aggressiveness a little bit, you know, that edge that Chapman brings, um, you know, just from, you know, being that guy for us, you know, he's, he's, he's got a defined role Chapman does and, uh, and he knows who he is and he plays within himself. And, uh, you know, that's a big, that's a big one. He's, he's, he could be a a huge, you know, X factor. We love to bring that up, um, you know, going into this weekend. No, he's, yeah, he's definitely the type of player that, that can help you win games in March. Um, just because, like you said, just how tenacious he can be. Um, he's always kind of struck me as a guy who, who really likes playing in big games, which still for the Staten program, you know, like it or not, big games for us can sometimes just be like the non-conference games against high majors like Ole Miss and Mississippi State like we saw earlier this year. Um, and I just kind of remember him being really locked in in those games and taking it upon himself to kind of set the tone for us um so yeah definitely great to have him back and and i'm excited to see what he can do to to set the tone starting tomorrow um just really lock in defensively and and like you said thomas um hopefully just chip in some buckets as well Um, yeah absolutely absolutely so let's get into more of the bracket here for the A-10 tournament. Um, I think we mentioned last time, I don't know if it was official, but um, it's going to be in Richmond for every round except the final, which is going to be at UD Arena, and it's going to have, I think, over a week off um, <clears throat> for those two teams who, who make the final. Um, so they've already had a couple games today, the 11-14 and the 12-13 matchup. Um, it was George Washington beating Fordham and St. Joe's beating LaSalle. So St. Joe will face Massachusetts and GW is going to face George Mason in the 6-11 game, which would affect the Dayton half of the bracket. Um, so UD and Rhode Island tomorrow in the 7-10 matchup. Like Thomas mentioned earlier, they split the season series, um, including a, a double overtime thriller at Rhode Island that UD was not able to pull out. So guys, just kind of your, your prototypical third matchup in conference that we always see a lot in these conference tournaments where, you know, there probably aren't going to be any surprises on either team's part. Everyone kind of knows what's up with style and and personnel. So it's really just going to have to be, um, I hate to say who wants it more because that's really cliche, but, you know, it's probably going to come down to a few possessions where the details and the effort is is really going to matter. What do you guys think? Yeah, 
Yeah, I totally agree. It's really interesting as you kind of look at this bracket and kind of how it all lays out. Like, gosh, guys, like we're the seven seed, and if we just want another game or two or whatever, we're going to be the – even if we're the six seed on the sixth line, we're playing George – we'd play George Washington, and then we'd play likely again – well, we would play, if we won, Davidson with that three seed. Like that path, that path is – you miss that by one seed, and that's why every game's important, even when you're not playing all that great or having more of a down year for a Dayton program. But uh, the Rhode Island game, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, obviously Rhode Island is, you know, they're right, they're hovering right around 500. I think they were even a couple games under when we lost to them a few games ago. Um, and I think the one thing that makes them scary is Fats Russell. He's a guy that you're you're going to have to contain, and you know, he's a guy that like Crutcher, I think was you know in the player of the year conversation nationally. Um, notice nationally, I know that's kind of a larger list of you know, call it. 20 plus guys but still um just to be on that list shows you know the uh the skill that that kid has he's an undersized guard but if he can get going that's going to be a little scary for us um almost kind of like uh davidson when they had jack gibbs if we uh can think back i mean just a guy that can kind of you know get really get it going and uh can kind of take his team um over the top so uh, that's definitely a little bit concerning, but I do think that uh, with that said, Rhode Island, they're they're a little bit weaker at the the other skill positions like the two and the three and especially at the five. Um, I think they got a little bit of length down low from what I remember, but not overly skilled offensively there. So definitely, I think that's kind of been their downfall. I mean, again, similar to us, in my opinion, really, really decent at that one, two spot. But, you know, once you kind of get to those bigger positions that for that five, that's kind of where they lack. And, uh, you know, that's kind of why it, it makes for a 50-50 game, especially when both teams, you know, seniors like Fats Russell, like Crutcher, like Ibby. I mean, it's going to come down to effort and kind of grinding it out. So I think it's going to be a close one. And then, you know, like I said, we're on that seven line. We win this game. We got to play VCU, who we're 0-2 with. Now, the one thing that I do – like is that it's tough to beat a team three times in a row so that is certainly that certainly plays a part but I just for some reason we just don't match up with them that great and we haven't looked um you know against all elite teams in the A-10 or top tier teams in the A-10 that's the one that we struggle to play with the most this year so um It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But, uh, you know, those are obviously two tough matchups if we're going to go win that first one. Yeah. And I did see, I think I saw that um, Jeremy Shepard for Rhode Island is out tomorrow. He's kind of their other undersized. He, mm-hmm. uh, he mainly plays the two. But I was I was impressed with him um, at least at the game at UD Arena. I remember him having a pretty solid game. But I think I saw he's out. I'll need to confirm that, but that would obviously be be a huge help to UD's chances, I think, because like you said, Thomas, especially if Shepard's out, um, it's kind of going to be the Fats Russell show. And historically, I feel like we've shut him down pretty well almost every year because I've always heard the hype about him. I've seen him play against other teams. He's obviously really good, um, but whatever it is about us, he he's not able to uh, – to go off as much it seems so hoping that continues tomorrow yeah i agree with you guys uh a lot on that uh Danny, to your point um 
date back to last season, especially I remember Fats Russell coming in with a with a name, you know, more than just Fats Russell as a name, but as a guy that could be a scorer for his team. And we've definitely had a really good strategy, I feel like, of shutting him down. I think Chapman will help him being back. Um, this year, I think we did a little bit more of early in game. We tried to kind of double team him in a way. You know, we bring help when he has the ball to try to get the ball out of his hands. And I think that frustrates him. Um, I can remember seeing that. And I think we tried to do that to get him out of the flow and the, the feel of the game early. Something very similar uh, to what you'll see other teams do to Jalen Crutcher, I feel like on our team, if you can disrupt him early, he's got to get himself back into that flow. Um, so we'll see if we're able to do that again. Like you mentioned, you know, having this being the third matchup, um, we they've seen that. So have they been practicing? Have they been able to um, uh, alleviate that? Um, it'll be interesting to see. That's that point you mentioned, uh, Danny, about Jer- uh, Jeremy Shepard being out. I agree with you that I think he was a he was a good contributor for them, and if he's out, um, that's a big blow to them. It's helpful to us, um, but they do have a lot of guys in their physical team, as Thomas mentioned. You know, they they match up with us well. I feel like with that physicality, um, but you know, like I said, Jeremy Shepard had 17 against us at home when we were when they played at UD Arena. Then he had uh, 16 when we met them the first time uh, back in uh, January. So definitely would be a difference if he's not on the court, I think. Um, but if we're able to pull that one out, I agree with Thomas again, that uh, facing VCU, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season because you already have that two Oh lead. And you're, I don't want to say you're like, you're so confident, but it's hard to like have that like underdog mentality when you beat a team twice and beat them pretty soundly both times. Um, I mean, we all remember the first meeting when it wasn't pretty uh, for Dayton. And then the second one, I still feel like Dayton looked better, um, but they still didn't, you know, it was still 60, uh, it was still 76 to 67 loss. So, you know, it's still a, a nine point loss in that game. So, yeah. Uh, but I think from what I feel like, we were able to adapt pretty well and we learned from that. So I feel like if we're able to get to VCU, we'll have a better chance. Um, to beat them, especially on a neutral court, coming in with one game under our legs on Rhode Island and them having, uh, you know, not sat for a long time, but we do have that day before worth of experience uh, going up against them. Um, I like our chances in the tournament and uh, moving forward. um, It's just funny. One note is that, um, you know, we'll be playing VCU for the third time if we get to that point. Uh, George Mason and Davidson, if I'm, uh, looking correctly here, just real quick, um, hasn't faced Davidson this season. So just kind of interesting how in the league, in this COVID season of mix, mixing up everything, uh, you know, we're going to play two teams for the third time and George Mason will play a team that they haven't played yet this season. That is, yeah, yeah that is definitely something I would not expect. But I do, I want to piggyback off that a little bit. And I don't want to get on too much of a tangent because this point, could maybe be better served for like a season in review type of thing. But Thomas, when you mentioned about, you know, obviously we're going to have games. We do have games that we're going to look back and really regret dropping that. I know the team's going to regret dropping that we don't really need to go back through, but um, due to the season and just how crazy it was and then postponements and things like that, we still won the third most games in conference. If we want to look at it, look at it that way. But what sucks is that, in a way, 
and we're seeing this across all conferences as these tournaments get seeded. Um, we're kind of getting, I don't want to say punished, but we're being affected by playing a lot more games than some of the other conference teams because it's, it's now by winning percentage. It's what all the conferences chose to do, I guess, trying to make it as fair as possible to not punish teams that did have to go on pause. So I guess that's really how they're looking at it more so than quote unquote punishing teams that played a lot that might have more losses just because they played more. Um, But I don't know if that's really a silver lining. I guess we'll find out (laughs) later this week if, you know, not saying it helped us at all to play more, but just I've always thought we're a better team than we've shown consistently throughout the year. Um, But eventually you got to show it, you know, three days in a row in a, in a conference tournament. So we're going to get our shot. That's all we're asking for. Uh, and, uh, and again, I, I think it's a very winnable game tomorrow. And then all bets are off once you get to VCU. Yeah, that's a good point, Danny. Um, it really is. I think it's interesting because I'm looking at this bracket, and it's funny. I didn't realize that Bonaventure, when we played them the other day, they were like 13-3. and three, So they, they've played 16 games. That's not that's not a ton. It's not, it's not a lot of games. And then obviously we've uh, – and, and we handled those guys – you know, pretty well. I mean, we were up most of the game and got a little, got a little tighter there at the end, but I mean, we were able to pull it out. And then, you know, you look at our performance against St. Louis, a team who was off for a month. I mean, there, there is a trend there. And, uh, you know, on ESPN, as they're starting to break down, you know, these different conferences and like these different teams, like they even, they even noted, you know, a team like Baylor who had, you know, some time off and how they didn't look all that great coming back off their pause. So it definitely has a part to play. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'd want to be UMass as the five seed and play St. Louis for the third time, because like I said, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. But, you know, there is something to that when a team, you know, hasn't played a whole lot. Of, you know, they're not gelling maybe and they're maybe squeaking out these wins um, that, you know, may maybe make them look a little bit better than they truly are. Because, you know, Dayton, yeah, they've played to their competition. Um but like you said, they got the third most wins in conference and, uh, you know, they do present a better team than their record. So um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, as I look at this bracket, you got Bonaventure one, you got, you know, UMass and St. Louis kind of in there as the top seeds up there. And they've got in this tournament, you know, they're just going off odds here. They got Bonaventure and St. Louis playing each other. I mean, they basically got chalk on this bracket where it's Bonaventure one, St. Louis four, VCU two, and Davidson three playing. And to be honest with you, there's too much parity in this league. There is way too much parity in the A-10. We see it every year. Hell, Dayton's been the one seed, and we've lost to, you know, Davidson in the first round. And we've never really fared too well in this tournament, um, you know, ourselves as a high seed. So, um, like you said, maybe being a lower seed, kind of being under the radar, a team that's played more than other teams, if if hopefully we can get hot. The problem is, is we just haven't seen us get hot and sustain it. So, you know, what Dayton team's going to show up each game? you know, is yet to be seen. And, um, but, but I like our chances with anybody. I just, that VCU game makes me a little nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a lot of reasons to be nervous. Um, and, and a pretty large one for me is the fact that it's going to be played at VCU, which is a bummer to me. But, uh, I think I saw like, they're not letting any fans in except like families, um, but I don't even think they were fans at that first game when we got blown out. So it's not like they had an impact at all. It was just 
a curse that we seem to have at VCU, no matter what the, what the real setting is. Um, but so that's, and obviously I'm not trying to downplay VCU at all, but um, that is a, a big bummer to me that we're, you know, that we're going to have to beat them on their home floor, but it's yeah. just, Hey, but you know what? You go do that. You go beat those guys. Then guess what? You might find yourself in a championship game where you're on your own home floor. Exactly. That's, that's so it, you know, for as much bad luck as it is at some point, you know, if you're going to get to the tournament after kind of a disappointing year, you know, if you're going to turn this thing around, this is the time to do it. You go beat this team at, you know, you get over, you know, your, uh, your rival here in the A-10 and then you, uh, you take Davidson down, you know, if you're going chalk and w- which we can compete with Davidson, you know, they're a team that's very interesting. They play a different style. Every time we play Davidson, I swear it's like a 90, you know, 85 right. game. Like it's just a different style. The defense goes out the door for some reason. Um, you know, they got guys like Kellen Grady who can really score and they always have, you know, some stretch four or five who can pop out and, and hit a shot. So um, they certainly, um, you know, it would be a competitive matchup, but certainly a team that we, we can take, um, and then, uh, you know, and then you probably meet, you know, a UMass, a Bonaventure, a St. Louis in the championship, in that, uh, championship game. And, uh, that would be at home. So you never know. You really never know if you guys had to, uh, you know, you know, before we kind of wrap up here, if you guys had to, uh, you know, match the final or, you know, predict the final, um, final four to the championship, who do you got? Oh man, uh, I might need to let Bobby take the first crack because, because Thomas, like you said, I mean, <clears throat> historically the A10 tournament has just been basically impossible to predict. <laughs> so, uh, Bobby, I don't know if you've given it more thought because I just I try to not even make any serious prediction because I know it's just going to get thrown in the trash probably sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, if I had to look at it, I don't. Just from what I've seen of other teams and everything moving forward, um, I don't have that crazy of a prediction. I think uh, you'd see Bonnie, St. Louis um, going in. I, I think I think you got to put Davidson up there. I don't think uh, George Mason's a good team, but Davidson's just always so well prepared and they know what to do. And in tournaments like this, that pays off when you when you're confident who you are. Um, I think that that's something that's going to play well into Davidson's hand, and they always seem to be able to do that. If Dayton can get by VCU, I I love Dayton's chances. Um, but VCU, if and vice versa, I really think that that could predict who wins this tournament because uh, VCU style is just so hard to prepare for on short notice. That havoc, the pressure. Um, it's hard to if you're not practicing against it. It's hard to simulate and get ready for. Um, and for those reasons, I, I think whoever wins that bracket honestly is going to win the tournament because um, I think St. Louis, uh, they're what I what I call bully ball. You know, they play through the post um, and they're a physical team. I think that matches up well with St. Bonaventure. I think St. Louis advances from the top, and honestly, I think that uh, VCU can speed them up if they want to if they get through. And I think we showed against St. Louis that, um, you know, we can neutralize their posts with our players and our three point shooting can beat their three point shooting. And that's to me, the difference in that matchup. So it really comes down to the Dayton VCU game. And, you know, I got to go with what, 
what yeah. we mentioned earlier that, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times. And for that reason, I'm confident that if Dayton got to that point, Dayton could win it all. And I know it's a homer pick and this is a UD podcast. So someone's got to do it and I'll be that guy. I'll fall on that sword. Uh, I'll take Dayton to the championship. Okay. Be- I like beating it. You're, St. You're Louis getting me again. pumped up. You're getting me pumped yeah. up. I love it. I love it. I think, um, you know, if you're going chalk, if you're looking at it, it's Bonaventure, it's St. Louis at the top, it's VCU and Davidson at the bottom, of, as we've said already. But two teams that could really play spoiler, one being Dayton, as Bobby got into, almost making that VCU-Dayton uh, game, if we get there, uh, kind of the championship game, right? Because both those teams have the ability to make the run if they get by each other. And the other one is UMass. Uh, they've been flying under the radar, but they've got a they've got really good guard play, and they got a big guy who can really play. And I'm I'm blanking on his name, uh, Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell. Thank you. That's it, Trey Mitchell. And uh, you know that's a team that I could see getting by St. Louis, getting by St. Bonnie, two teams who haven't had as much time on the floor together, and seeing those guys you know go to the finals to play. Spoiler, uh, to be honest with you. That's so those are the two teams I got my eye on, my own team, Dayton here, and uh, UMass. I think those are the two teams who could come from tomorrow's grouping who could actually make it happen. Um, but we will find out. We will see. Watch. They'll lose this. They'll lose well, to LaSalle. Well, it's, well, it's <laughs> funny because I'm, I'm going to turn that around on you a little bit because I think just looking at the bracket uh, and, and kind of seeing some trends lately and just knowing that it's March and something crazy is bound to happen if i was to pick one like huge upset it would be st joe to beat umass tomorrow um because st joe's won four in a row i think i saw they got one of their best players back from injury and he's been going crazy these last couple games uh daily i think his last name is yep ryan daly yeah the transfer okay uh so that that'll be my main uh huge upset pick partly because what we talked about earlier umass UD played more conference games than UMass has played total games, which again, just it might not mean anything, but it also could. <laughs> it certainly, it certainly you know, can. Brilliant, it certainly an, can. brilliant analysis on my part. But um, you know, when you get to March, you just you never know what's going to make you know what's going to make a difference, what's going to make an impact. Um, so maybe that catches up to them, and St. Joe's St. Joe's is hot right now, and. And we'll see what happens. So that would obviously make things uh, easier on St. Louis because I, I wouldn't see St. Joe's winning again if they happen to win tomorrow. Uh, so that'll get slew into the semis. I'll I'll pick St. Bonaventure to get through to the semis. Richmond Duquesne is a total toss-up. I'll pick Duquesne there um, to win as the nine seed over Richmond. And then I still just can't trust SLU. I know they won the conference tournament last year, and it's basically the same team. But like you guys have said, they just have never really been able to get off the ground. Um, so I'll have Bonaventure making the championship game, and I think they'll be seeing the Flyers. I'm going to join. Oh Bobby. my gosh! <laughs> I'm going to join Bobby there. Why not? Why the hell not? I mean, I think it just speaks to the parity in this league, you know, overall. I mean, you say you picked Duquesne. I mean, Richmond came on so hot, and obviously they beat a UK team who ended up not being very good, but they, uh, you know, they were were ranked at the beginning of the year. They 
you know, didn't get to play as many conference games. So we never really got to see him because of COVID. And, uh, you know, here they are as an eight seed. You know, I could very easily see them with really good guard play that they have and a big guy down low. Um, I can picture him. I just can't think of his name. Really bad with names tonight. But, um, you know, I see that being a team that could even, you know, kind of make a push here. So, you know, something's going to happen. You know, a Richmond, a UMass, a Dayton, as you guys are going with. Gosh, you guys are talking me into it, and I don't like it. I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic, but tomorrow my eyes are going to be glued to this TV, just pulling for this first game. If I'm disappointed, I'm coming after you, too. <laughs> yep, you can blame us. You can blame us. It'll all be our fault. Blame. Blame the podcast. <laughs> I love it. All right, before we wrap this thing up, Give me your one key to success for not just tomorrow's game, for the tournament. Um, I'm going to say defense um, because I was, you know, very pleasantly surprised to see us only give up, only give up 52 to St. Bonaventure. As Thomas is trying to distract me here, playing some defense of his own. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know, we can, we can see each other too on this software, which is really nice. Um, so we're not just one hand in the passing lane, one hand in the passing game. lane, one up, one by ball. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, the late the late night is getting to us. Um, <laughs> Danny, you're a lefty, right? I actually, need yeah, to yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, yeah see, I, oh, I, I was giving you the go. I was giving you clear. Line. Didn't read Force the, him right. Force him right. <laughs> Got to read the scouting report, Bobby. Come on. Um, but you know, that was really positive for me to to see us give up that many or that little um, amount of points heading into March. Um, so I'm hoping that's something we can, we can continue because, you know, obviously I still think this team can score. If, if they get into the right rhythm, they can put up a lot of points. So if they're, if they're locking down on D, then it might not take a lot from the offense uh, to pull out some wins. So I'm just hoping for consistent effort on defense, consistent kind of concentration, not blowing any assignments and just kind of seeing where that can take us. How about you, Bobby? Oh, man. Um, One key to success, Bobby. Give me it. Let's hear it. You know, I, I wanted to ride the train. I was going to ride the train that we've been blowing uh, smoke up out of uh, this whole season. That was not the the metaphor I was looking for. But um, we've talked about turnovers this year. And last game of the year, I, I don't want to, you know, put all my, you know, I don't want to put all the emphasis anecdotal anecdotal in, into one game here. But, uh you know, we had 21 turnovers against St. Bonaventure, and we still won that game. And so, uh, you know, the, the thing I want to see and that I really like is since Danny went defense, and I don't want to I don't want to ride that, is uh, a, I want to see a good assist number here. To me, that reflects us playing, uh, you know, sharing the basketball on offense and guys moving. And I think that that's what I want to see is a good offense flowing. I don't want to see the ball stagnant in someone's hands. Um, I want to see the ball moving. And I think – we're moving that direction. I think that the signs are there for that to happen. And um, I think that that would be, that would show that these guys trust each other. And, and like we've said, you know, playing three games in three days here, you got to trust each other um, to be able to, to be able to win games in, in these conference tournaments. Yeah, I think that's good. And uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but my one key to success is crutcher, crutcher, crutcher. Now, what scares me is that VCU and all these teams are going to try to take him out of the equation. But, I mean, if you look at March as a whole, 
It's a guard tournament. Crutcher and Ibby, you can pretty much throw those two in there. Those guys need to play out of their minds. They need to both probably average about 18 to 20, and if not more, if not one going for more. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to, you know, come on here and say, oh, we need, you know, Zimmy to really contribute or whatever. But, I mean, I'm going to the two seniors here in guard play. These guys got to be determined when they step on the floor tomorrow on Thursday, on Friday, and on Saturday. So um, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you guys have really gotten me pumped up for this. I might not sleep tonight, but, <laughs> but that's that's what you're going to have to see. If you can see in the first 10 minutes tomorrow that those two are just totally engaged because sometimes – they're taken out of the equation or sometimes they're one's not playing all that great. If those two are both locked in, that is, that is going to be, that's going to be the reason that's going to yep. be the reason. I think we yep. will see, we will see um, teams could certainly like VCU take crutcher out of the equation or make them uncomfortable. But if we're going to make this big push, if we're going to, you know, win four in a row or win these first three, at least this week, those two have to be great. And so that is ultimately what's going to need to happen, as well as what you guys noted. I mean, it's going to need to be a mix of all those things. But um, I just hope the stars that we have show up. No, I think you're totally right. We're we're not going to win without them. There's just no chance. I mean, like, we're just not. I guess maybe tomorrow we might be able to squeak out a win if those guys aren't, you know, playing to – the level we know they can but if, if we happen to get up against vcu yeah i mean i just don't see us winning winning against vcu if if those guys only combine for say you know 15 or so amongst the two of them i mean that's just like that's just non-negotiable it just can't happen in march so uh, yeah I, I think you're right on um and you know sometimes the most the, the most obvious things can still be the most important and i've so I think you, you you hit the nail on the head there, Thomas. Um, it's it's got to start with them, and and they've they've got to carry us because you know for however much growth we've seen, like you said, from some other guys, um, they still those guys still need to be secondary guys, like we're talking Zimmy and and Omzil and everyone else. Uh, it's it's got to be Crutcher and Watson to to drive the bus. As the great Rafferty said. Onions. So good, it'll make you cry. That's this time of year, baby. Let's get it done. Oh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. It's a uh, 3.30 Eastern tip on, I think, NBCSN. Um, So definitely we'll be trying to tune in. I guess I'm not sure how much I'll be able to uh, until after around 5 or so, but we'll definitely be following as much as I can, and I'll be trying to keep an eye on it. but there'll be some messages being. Shown oh yeah, don't Absolutely. you worry. And I absolutely hope that you know we'll get another chance to record another podcast here while they're still playing. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely do one kind of year-end review type of thing whenever that comes. But I'm really hoping we we get at least one, one more chance to to talk through some more games on the schedule. So let's keep it going, guys. Let's keep it going. Go Flyers, boys. This is a good one. Go Flyers. All right. Go Flyers. See you guys. The tournament preview is a wrap. (laughs) See you, boys.